Let me see you put them up Reach the sky, touch the stars up above Cause it's one time for the underdog one time for the underdog. I'm Patrick Medivy, your host of Value 10 Minute. Today I want to share with you the 10 most embarrassing moments I have had. As an entrepreneur, I promise you, you're going to laugh and share some of these stories with other people. Very, very embarrassing. Here we go. Number one. So one day I'm giving this speech in my office back in uh, 2006 and I'm trying to sell everybody on what we're doing and it's very important for me to get everyone's attention, everyone stay focused. And as I'm going through it, one person walks out. Right after this person walks out, I had to set the tone. I said, listen, I kind of need all your attention. I'm not going to walk out, but I need 45 minutes of undivided attention. If you do need to use a restroom and you're pregnant, that's totally okay. But if you're not pregnant, please stay here with me. So I went through it. 20 minutes later, this lady gets up and she starts walking out. So she walks out. I'm like, oh, it's totally fine. She's walking out. She had a pouch. And I said, you know, it's no problem. I said, she's okay to walk out because she's pregnant, ma'am. If you go out, the bathroom's to your left. And she looks at me <laughs> with the biggest look of frustration and disappointment and anger. She says, how dare you? I'm not pregnant. And she walks out. The look on my face, I wanted to find the smallest hole in the room to just hide in. And I couldn't find it. I was so embarrassing. Somehow, someway, I regained the group and everybody kind of started feeling bad for me, embarrassed for me, but we kept going on. Very embarrassing moment. If you haven't done something like that, I don't ever recommend you using that. Number two. Okay, so let me share this one with you. I was in Bermuda just recently and I'm getting there to celebrate award ceremonies. A big negotiation was going on with a $4 billion company, but one of the nights I was walking across the stage and being recognized for the production that we had done. So we get there on Tuesday. My luggage stays there in Miami. It doesn't arrive till Saturday. We're leaving on Sunday. So by the time the luggage arrives, we leave the next day. Award ceremonies on Wednesday night. And I have nothing to wear. I'm thinking it's gonna show up every day. It never shows up. And by the time I wanna go get something, I don't have anything. So I buy the local stuff. I don't have a time. Just wearing a suit, tie. I don't have any shoes my size to buy. So I'm wearing flip flops. I was the only guy in the award ceremony room walking around with a suit and flip flops on. Walking across the stage, people are looking at me saying, look at that Middle Eastern feet right there. Hairy Middle Eastern feet, legs on stage. People are taking pictures of it. And I even have proof of it on how this thing happened. This is what I look like that day. I'm trying to make a fashion statement here since our bags are still in Miami. Boom. You like those Ferragamos? No shoes, no socks. Let's see what they're gonna say about it. Number three most embarrassing story as an entrepreneur. Okay, so it's 2010, the Lakers are facing the Celtics and it's game seven, I'm trying to get tickets to go to it. Finally, an attorney sells me these nice tickets for $6,000 and I said, I'm gonna call a friend. I call my friend, Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I said, what do you, he's a big diehard Lakers fan. He says, let me think about it. So he offers to take the car, I said, I'll drive you myself. I pull up, I pick him up at my office. He gets in this yellow Z06 that I have and we're flying. On the way there, the 210 freeway, which is known for having a worse reception because of the mountains, my Z06 runs out of gas. And by the way, if you don't know, I have the reputation for having ran out of gas in my cars at least 50 times, maybe more. So we're there, there's no reception. We keep trying to call this one, there is no reception. Finally, we get a bar, we call, the guy shows up from AAA, he knows me by my first name, Pastor Dudley Rutherford's making fun of me saying, how does a AAA guy know you by your first name? Gives me gas, he's recording the entire video, we get back in the car, we barely make it. First quarter starts, we make it to the game, and obviously the Lakers beat the Celtics, I think they win their 16 or their 17 championship. So it was a great game, we come back home. I'm over, I thought this is the story, right? Now I got a reputation on the San Fernando Valley as a business guy, as an entrepreneur, I'm kind of shaking it up, I got some 
some enemies, I got some competitors, but I'm building a reputation, right? So it's been built, but it's getting bigger and bigger. So Pastor Dudley calls me three weeks later. He says, listen, I want you to come to service because I got a store. I want you to be sitting front row, all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, no problem. You want me front row? I go, I bring my dad. I bring my wife. We're sitting front row. He invited me. So I go sit in the front row and he gets up. He said, I want to tell you a story about a good friend of mine, Patrick Bed David. Can you stand up, please? So I stand up. You know, it's kind of like, oh, hey, I'm thinking this is like, this is, this is a great business guy, all this other stuff. And he said, Patrick offers to take me to a Laker game. And let me tell you what happens on the way to a Laker game. And he tells the entire story. By the way, his church is 15,000 members. He said it at five different services, and it doesn't stop there. Let me tell you what else happens. He writes a book with a major publisher, and the title of the book is God Has an App for That. If you buy the book, chapter number one tells you vividly how I ran out of gas. And at the end of the book, he has a link on his website for you to see how I ran out of gas while he's recording my Yellow Zero Six. Now keep in mind, the rest of the time in Valley, every time I went to somebody, people say, aren't you the guy that ran out of gas? You're the guy that always runs out of gas. Oh my gosh. Now it was embarrassing as a businessman. But on the other side, it became one of the best conversation starters in San Fernando Valley. So thank you, Dudley Rutherford, to tell the story of me running out of gas. It helped me in business. Number four. Okay, so when you're coming up in business, a lot of times you want to impress the people that have money for them to think that you are also serious. This is like 2002, 2003. Let me tell you how much money I had in the bank. I probably had $5 in the bank if I'm lucky. I'm in that $49,000. And everything with my credit cards, I'm hoping there's enough left. So this client, if I sell this client, I'm going to make $6,000. And $6,000 at that time is a lot of money. So I go and I say, listen, dinner's on me tonight. Of course, I'm going to take care of you guys. Don't even worry about it. I borrow one of my friend's cars and I give the credit card. The waiter goes, sits on me. He walks a second time. He comes to me. And I said, yeah, you got it to sign. He says, uh, no, your card declined. So he said it, everybody here. I said, I'm sorry, my card doesn't decline. You need to go run it again. Your machine's broken because sometimes these things happen. He goes back and runs it and comes back. But when he's coming around, I spot the look. I said, excuse me, I got to use the restroom. I walk up. I put my hand behind the guy's back. I said, let's go over here. Ruka, I need to talk. I said, listen, don't you ever embarrass me in front of my clients here. He says, sir, your card declined again. I said, I know it declined. Of course it declined. I know it's going to decline. I was hoping it wasn't going to decline. Finally, we made something work. I left. I came back. I said, listen, their machine was broken. It's fixed now. I went through. We're good to go. Can we do business together and all that other stuff? We obviously ended up doing business together. But that happened to me multiple times in my first year of running a business. And if it happened to you as well, it happens to the best of us. It's okay. Number five. So one time I recruited this new agent and I'm really excited about what this guy's going to do. He's a killer, big personality, salesman, a lot of gravitas, you know, just one of these guys that I think is going to do good. And we're driving in my car, escalate to an appointment and we're in Tarzana, California, right? And we're driving all of a sudden, I see this cop behind me and he's been following me for like five minutes, like four exits. He's following me. I said, I'm just paying attention, having a conversation with them and I'm going 70 miles an hour. He pulls me over and he, you know, gets out and he's got his hand. I'm like, why has he got his hand? I mean, I know I had one of these escalates with the black wheels, you know, 20 inch wheels and, you know, we would play some good music. So he comes out. He says, are you Patrick? But David, yes. Can you please step out of the car? I step out of the car. He says, please put your hands back. I said, put my hands back. What's this guy talking? In front of this guy. This guy's thinking I'm a convict. I said, why, why am I doing this? He says, sir, do you realize your license has been suspended for eight months because you have 16 speeding tickets? The entire time, this new killer sales guy that I recruited, I'm excited about, is listening to his mentor getting arrested for having 16 speeding tickets. While I have my handcuffs on my arms, the guy says, he's getting a report. They're screaming, emergency, you got to come over here right now. The cop has a bigger emergency to go to than me. And they're calling on him right He says, you know what? I have to go. There's nothing I can do about it, but you got to go and get this thing knocked out of the way. He says, just go get your license squared away because your license is suspended. He takes off. I get in the car. I leave. 
year and a half later, I had to go to court in Palm Springs to fix this thing because my license was suspended. I had a driver for three months. You're gonna get lucky sometimes, like I did. When you do, take advantage of it because that was a lucky day for me. Number six, I had an office in Woodland Hills, California. It was a beautiful office. When I tell you beautiful office, it was a one and a half, two million dollar lease, 8,600 square feet, high rise, just the best place you walked in elevator entrance beautiful spot i had so that lease i didn't like being in la county because you would pay taxes for being in la county in california gave you benefits if you were in glendale burbank county because that was outside so i said let's move to burbank while we're going to burbank glendale i find an office i'm about to lease so I leased this one out to a guy that you know did very good for himself. He takes my old office, but in between the office, this next one falls through. And the building comes back and says, the number you negotiated, someone's willing to pay 20 cents more than yours, were given to this other guy. And I said, oh, you gotta be, you can't be doing this to me. He said, we never signed a contract. So because we never signed a contract, we can do that to you. Last second, they give it to the other guy. We don't have an office. Let me explain to you, for 90 days, we rented a shack where all my employees are working out of a small shack on top of each other, where every day they wanted to kill each other, and every time somebody wanted to come and deliver business to us, we would tell them, where's your office at? Can we come and drop off the business? No, 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 you can't come over here. We'd meet them in the parking lot and say, what's going on? Is there like an underground? We just had a terrible office. It was a kitchen, small little kitchen. We laugh about it now, but for three months, our headquarters was based out of a kitchen for three months. Very embarrassing. We're at a big office now, but at one point, our office was a kitchen. And number seven, this one gotta be one of the most embarrassing ones. This is back in Agora Hills. I was invited to an office to speak, and I was supposed to give a very intense talk because that office needed somebody to challenge him, right? So, so I'm gonna come and give a strong talk. So I come up, and I'm speaking, room packed, 150 people. I'm giving the strong message. Front row, there's four people sitting here, two girls, and they're just like trying to smile, and they're laughing, they're like smiling, and going back, I'm like, what is so funny? And all of a sudden I pass, you think this is funny? Are you committed? Do you really want to go out there and win? And they're like, we do, but can I whisper something in your ear? I said, yes, what do you want to whisper? So I step over here and she comes and she whispers in my ear. She says, Patrick. I said, yes, what? Your zipper's down. I said, what? Your zipper's down. Let me tell you. Now at this point, I'm like, I'm looking around to see who else is making eye contact down here. So I make my adjustment from here to hear my hands. I typically talk like this. I never talk like this. This just makes no sense. This is my style of talking. I go like this, and you hear that magical sound. You know what the magical sound is? Ready? See if you can hear it. One, two, that sound right there. I make that sound, half the room starts laughing because apparently everybody knew my zipper was down and I'm trying to give this intense talk. Let's just say this was a difficult one to get everybody to be serious. Afterwards, everybody said, this was one of your best talk. It was so great because we felt like we're, you're relatable because your zipper's down, it was so awesome. I also think I can be like you one day. Here's a point here to realize. If you've ever had an embarrassing moment like this where you're giving a sales pitch or you're talking to your sales force and your zipper's down in the back of your head, just know this. Pat's also made this mistake before. Number eight. Okay, so one thing about the insurance industry, if you ever turn on the TV and you're watching a golf tournament, you're going to see some kind of a life insurance commercial being done there, which means if you're going to stay in the business and you're going to be very successful, you're going to be invited to millions of golf tournaments. So for me, I avoided it for years until all of a sudden I couldn't avoid it because I'm performing with the bigger guys and I got invited. And I got invited to this one golf tournament. They said, Pat, you've been selected to golf with these executives. So I said, okay, I'll go. I'm the athlete, right? So I'm like, oh, you know, golf is not going to be a big deal. I'm a big baseball guy. You know, I was like a Juan Gonzalez guy. I know how to hit the ball. I got distance. I got strength. I'm going to kill it. It's going to be great. 
right before it, I gave myself, I said, one day I'm going to go warm up at the Balboa Club. It's going to be good. One day is plenty for me because I'm naturally an athlete. And I go hit the ball. I'm like, this is very difficult. How is golf more difficult than baseball? The ball sits there. Baseball, the ball is moving. I can hit the baseball. I can't flip and hit the golf ball. So then comes the tournament. So we go to it. And I'm tied with these guys. I'm part of this group. I'm for some. All these guys are like the top guys above everybody. And they want to do it because Pat's coming up. So we go. Listen, let me put it to you this way. Think about the most embarrassing moment anybody could have in golf in one day. I don't think anybody's day was more embarrassing than mine. I killed a few birds. I mowed the lawn. Afterwards, the country club came and said, we're hiring for somebody to mow the lawn. If you're willing to take the job, I turned it down because the money wasn't good. Everybody's trying to say, oh my gosh, you're getting better. It's okay. Hang in there patiently. And then side there going whispering to each other laughing couldn't wait for this 18 hole by the time nine was and i said listen guys you go on the next nine i'm taking a break so in reality sometimes you're going to get involved in certain industries that you have to play certain sports whether you like it or not if you get into insurance get ready to golf with somebody someday Number nine. So one day I'm sitting in the sales appointment and this guy walks in. He looks very sharp and I'm looking at this guy. I said, man, he looks sharp, but why does he smell so bad? Like he smells terrible. Did he just go to the bathroom? Like, man, wipe yourself, clean yourself. What is wrong with you? He smelled terrible and he's sitting in front of me. And typically an appointment sales appointment would take me an hour, hour and a half. I said, listen, I can't sit next to somebody that smells this bad. So I cut this appointment fast. I was very frustrated. I said, how does somebody have the audacity to not even take care of themselves when they come in? I mean, his shoes, did you step on poop? What is wrong with you? So I cut the appointment very quickly. I said, buddy, I got another call I got to make. We're good to go. So he leaves. I go, I'm like, listen to this guy, man. I haven't seen a guy that smelled this bad. I've never done an appointment with a guy that smelled this bad. So I go to the bathroom. And when I go to the bathroom and I look at myself in the mirror, I had my kids earlier. And when I had my kids earlier on my tie is poop all the way on my tie. Okay. And the person who smelled like shit was this guy here, not the guy I'm selling it to. It was embarrassing because the entire time the man was so kind, so nice to me. And you can see the stains on my tie here. He never brought it up. If you're watching this, my apologies to you. I promise you moving forward, I will never have poop on my tie ever again. But if you've ever done a sales appointment and you're worried about having one of these things in your teeth, you know how when you look at someone's got to take that thing out? Nothing's going to be worse than having poop on your tie. And last but not least, number 10. Okay, so let me tell you, I'm running the sales office back in 2005 in Granada Hills, okay? And I always came in on Sundays because Sundays things were quiet. I could really strategize and write stuff down to know what I'm going to be doing the next week. One Sunday I go in and I'm like, wait a minute, nobody parks the car here on Sundays. This is not a place you park the car on Sundays in Granada Hills right off the 4 or 5 freeway. Two cars are parked outside. I said, what's going on here? So I come upstairs. And by the way, there was a way for you to always sneak into the office on Sunday because if you had one of those, you know how you put the ID stuff in the door, you know which one I'm talking about, and the door opened. So there was a way to sneak in, but I came in from the elevator. I put my keys in and I'm hearing stuff. What is this? Is it the cleaning crew? Well, I, this is not a sound I recognize for cleaning. It shouldn't sound like this. And the moment I opened the door, I was like, you know when it's like too late when you see something? You know, that was too late already. And I saw it. And this couple, boyfriend and girlfriend, they're going at it as if they're shooting a porn movie that day. And I'm watching these guys, like the sound, cha, cha, loud. I'm like, and you look at me like, you know, the whole look immediately, you cover yourself. I'm like, guys, I'm uncomfortable. What are you guys doing here? It's like, everybody's doing one of these things, right? So, oh my gosh, Patrick, we're so sorry. I said, why here? Why not in your apartment? Why not in your house? But Pat, I live with my parents and he lives with his parents and our car is too small and it was a tall guy. We just, this is the best place we find. I said, but could you stand here? On the carpet, we train right here. I'm going to talk right next to this tomorrow. 
And I said, listen, finish off and just tell me when you guys are done. So I step outside. A few minutes later, they finish up. They come, they leave, they're embarrassed. The next day is the best day because next Monday morning, we have our Monday full-timers meeting. We got about 50 people in the office and I get up and I spot him. He's sitting over here. She is sitting over here, okay? So I get up. I said, oh my gosh, I got to have fun with this. I said, listen, let me tell you guys something. One of the things that impresses me the most is when I see people show up on Sundays to prepare for their week. And let me tell you who showed up this Sunday to the office to prepare for the week. Can we please have such and such stand up? And can we have you stand up? He stands up, she stands up. They're sitting, I said, listen guys, these guys were here on Sunday, strategizing on what they're going to do to take their business to the next level. I'm so proud of you guys. Can we give a round of applause to these guys? Their face is so red, it's crazy red. They grab a seat. I said, I just want you to know, I'm very proud of you guys. You guys are going places. So keep doing what you're doing right now. We're going to see you at the top. So here's a point, by the way. This is one of many, many, many stories like this. Because when you run a sales office, crazy things happen. If it's happened to you before, it's happened to many other sales offices as well. It's normal in sales offices. But my recommendation to you, find another place to get it on. Not the sales office. It throws everybody off and makes it very awkward. So if you're watching this and it was you, we have a special connection together for the rest of our lives. Listen, here's a moral of the story. I've had a lot of embarrassing moments and I'm not really worried about it. I'm probably gonna have many, many more. Business is ugly. It's not always gonna be perfect. You're gonna have embarrassing moments, scary moments, or dumb mistakes you're gonna make. But the key is to keep going and not let it slow you down. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick David, And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody, bye-bye.